Hey gang, it's John. Okay, we have another fun deep dive for you. This time we invited back real life frontman David Sterry. I think David was episode 73 or so, something like that. Love David around here. Now, real life, of course, have some classic albums from back in the day. But I thought we'd do something a little different. This is kind of fun. In 2008, Real Life, which is basically David, put out a covers album called Send Me an Angel 80s Synth Essentials. And it's his, it's him doing versions of classic songs from all the greats. New Order, Depeche Mode, Tears for Fears, Cars, I Melt With You, Tainted Love. Everything is featured on this album. And so I thought it would be fun to talk about what those songs and those artists mean to David because we love those songs and artists too so we talk about first of all you get to hear his version of all these songs and then you also get to hear what they mean to him now in addition recently real life put out a brand new album called sirens and it's great and we talk about sirens in here for a little bit too and in fact David has offered to email the files of that album to anyone that wants it and so he gives his email address in here I believe it's real life music at outlook.com i may be wrong you'll hear the email address in here but um if you're interested in a free copy of sirens the new real life album just email david when you hear this and he'll send it to you it's excellent okay anyway thought you guys might enjoy this it's a little bit different we love david around here and uh hope you enjoy it now so for starters this album came out i believe in 2009 and I'm curious what motivated you to even make this album. Uh, these are standards that are, all the originals are perfectly good, but you put your own unique spin on these. What motivated this? It was money. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, this, this is interesting because it, um, uh, it's relevant. It, it's Cleopatra Records, who's a great record company in California, just came out of the blue and said, look, David, we'll give you, uh, I think, 10,000 US dollars to um, do a covers record. You have to include a new version of Send Me an Angel, but uh, you can pick all the covers, we'll pay you 10 grand. And I thought to myself, oh, of course I can't do this, because I'd never, I'd never ever engineered and recorded myself, especially alone on, on my own, in my own home. So what the, that, that 10 grand translated to was a brand new Mac Pro, Mm-hmm. and uh, a big new screen and some KRK monitors. Yeah. So, you know, my brain's saying, don't say yes, it'll be a mess, it'll be horrible. <laughs> and my little heart's going, ooh, I'd love a new computer. <laughs> <laughs> so so that that kicked me over the line. And, you know, I was, from the beginning, I was terrified. So I went out and got the new computer and the speakers, and I, and I sort of made a space in, in my house apart. I had a studio space upstairs, a proper studio space now, but I was just downstairs uh, just uh, near my dining room. And I got this, uh, the computer, and there's this new software out uh, called Logic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a Mac-based program that was a multi-recording tool. I mean, this, the main things in the music business seem to be Pro Tools, um, Cubase, uh, Ableton Live, and, and uh, Logic. So I thought, okay, here's a, a great opportunity to sort of sit down and have to learn all this through, and I'm being paid to do it. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I didn't have a clue about it, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, there's a whole lot of um, there's a, a company in Canada called 
Logic Pro Video, I think they're called, mm -hmm. and they had this whole series of walkthroughs on Logic. So you're actually learning to record, uh, you know, step by step on the computer while watching another video screen. You had Logic on the main screen, and you, they'd give you this walkthrough how to use it. And I went from knowing nothing to the end product of the album mm -hmm. just by doing this course. Mm -hmm. I was learning as I went, and I'm thinking, oh no. I'm going to get busted, it's going to sound terrible, people are going to laugh at me. But I had to do it, you know, I was really forced to do it. So it was a really good, interesting journey, which at the end of the day culminates in that, um, you know, I was very comfortable upstairs doing Virus this year or last year, mm. the new album. So uh, this album got me on the way to just being an independent, you know, sort of production person that I can do remixes and things now. So it was all good. Choosing the songs, you know, I had pretty much free range and what I really wanted to do is definitely uh, get my favourite songs on there from the era, of course, the songs that inspired me to, um, you know, try to write such good songs for real life as well. But they also had to be, you know, I, I had limitations as a musician and as a singer, so things, I had to be able to sing it reasonably well for one and, you know, play the guitar parts or mm -hmm. program the synth parts, so it was all totally on me and there were some great moments and low moments uh, going oh, oh this is okay and then going oh no it's crap <laughs> <laughs> so so you know it was just a typical stupid me thing to do get myself you know up mm -hmm. over my neck in something that you know I just wasn't sure whether I could do and uh, you know I, I finally started getting confidence to sort of try to play you know mixes for my friends my girlfriends or some of my colleagues and say is that a sound okay to you? Is that, yeah. is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's okay to me. And strangely enough, it, it's been a really good seller for me. And apart from that, when I finally got that advance out of Cleopatra, because I spent all my own money at first, the Australian dollar was way down, so that 10 grand became 15 grand. Mm. And I'm consistently, they're the only record company in my entire life where I've consistently been accounted to and made money from. So I actually made quite a good deal of money nice. out of that for what it was worth. So... It was That's kind of funny. So, do you want to pick songs or anything? Yeah, yeah. What we, yeah, yeah. What we typically do is go kind of track by track. I, um, you yep, mentioned I can't it. remember them all. <laughs> I've got the, I've got, <laughs> I've got the list right in front of me. You mentioned the oh, new goodness. album, Sirens, and uh, I wanted to make sure that we talked about that for a minute in here as well. For anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> there is a new real life release out there. Tell us about it. You sent it to me, and it's great. So, okay. tell us all about it. Oh, thank you. Okay, so, uh, Sirens is it's, it's me making a real-life record on my own. Real-life is basically me these days, and, and when it comes to live, it's whoever's standing behind me is sort of part of the band. So once again, I really had to sort of do this all by myself, and I sort of thought, well, no one cares. No one can, I'm not trying to write hit sing singles anymore. I'm not trying to pander to a record company. I'm not even trying to pander to anyone in particular. So I thought, what would I like to do? And I grew up on a lot of slightly prog albums where, where there, was, there could be one side that was a whole song. It might be a Yes album and it might have been David Bowie's Low album. It was a big, big influence on me. Or a Pink Floyd thing or something. And it was a little bit sort of more musicianly and a bit of a, a journey. And so and I'd had this title, Sirens, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the legend of the sirens that used to lure the sailors onto the rocks with their beautiful voices. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, okay, well, that's a starting point. And I wanted to have a twist in it that, okay, this is a song about a guy who, who saw the sirens sing, but he didn't hear them, well, at first anyway. 
So I got the, the title the title part of it. So Science goes for about 17 minutes. I'm calling it you know, the one, the A side of the album. And uh, there's no like breaks in between. And you, you couldn't, I'm, I'm going to get a record manufacturer and there won't be any you know, breaks between. You can pick up the needle and know exactly where you are. It goes through the 17 minutes. But it has five little uh, vignettes and songs. And uh, so the first one is Sirens, about Ice of the Sirens thing, but I did not, uh, I did not hear them at all. And then, of course, you know, big now for me, what does a siren sound like? And what would a siren sing? So then I had to write a bit, you know, about, this is the most, bit that terrified me the most was the sirens actually singing bit. And I thought, well, it's going to be kind of a bit operatic, but it better be sort of something pretty, you know, uh-huh. pretty powerful. So I was kind of sitting up there. I've got a whole lot of voice samples on some synthesizers, and um, I was just messing around, and I'm going to tell you something that, it's going to be a real secret to all these viewers, mm-hmm. <laughs> to all people listening, is that if the first part of it goes, ah, ah, is the, first, is the opening line of the sirens. And I thought, oh, that's good. And I thought, uh-oh, I know where I got that from. One of the first concerts I ever saw was um, Led Zeppelin, uh, and they were opening with immigrant song, which goes, ah. That's true. No so way. I can't. I kind of lifted it from there, you know. I've got, yeah. oh God, I wish I could get Robert Plant to do that. You know, <laughs> ah, so I've just got the science going. Ah, ah, ah. It's, it's a different note, so I can't sing or anything. But that's where I got it from. That's, that's great. Where I got it from. And then I was worried about the the second line, and I'm thinking, oh no, I like that bit. The second line, and, and then I then my hand was just on the keyboard, and it went da 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 da, and so my hand sounded. It was like my hand was moving. Like you know, the thing from the Adams family in the box uh, was moving across the piano, uh-huh. and, and I thought, "Oh, that's it! That's it! I've got it! I've got it!" So I couldn't believe that I'd managed to bluff my way through that. Did you, uh, did you know a guy called Eddie the Eagle that was an Olympic, yeah, sure. an English skier? Or was Eddie the Eagle making a prog album? Okay, Eddie the Eagle shouldn't have been skiing. And I shouldn't be trying to make a prog album. So, <laughs> progtronic album, I'm calling it. So, here's me I'm just trying to stumble my way through of this thing. And, of course, here's me going, okay, I can have this one track that's got five little parts. That means I don't have to write an intro and a middle eight and a bridge for every part. I can just write a bit of a song, you know, cheating my way, being a lazy bastard. Mm-hmm. So, I've got the science part. And then the next bit is uh, a thing called Hole in My Soul. Uh, which is spelled S-O-L like my shoe because mm-hmm. I used to have shoes that had big holes in the soles and they drank a lot of water and my <laughs> girlfriend always thought that was very funny. So, but this is, so the guy's finally heard the signs and he's getting, he's starting to get a bit wet and uh, things are going a bit panicky. But uh, of course, you know, his, his, his distress signals picked up from outer space mm. by some aliens who are quietly going, you know, we're out in the solar system we're on a mission, we're here for you. You know, they're going to try to save the guy, you know, you know they're out in space. Yeah. And, uh, but they fail. The final part is there's lots of thunderstorms. I want to have, you know, some backward noises and monster noises and thunderstorms and all the things that I loved about prog music back mm-hmm. in the day. So, you know, then the thunderstorms start all over again. There's some beautiful chords and one of the sirens is coming along just going, that's okay, just melt into me, which mm-hmm. is sort of the guy eventually drowns. So, yeah. And I've got funny little cameos from friends dinging things and banging things and, you know, little things that they'll know forever. That, hey, I put that triangle on that little bit at the very end. And right. Got my favorite old dog barking at the end as well. So, Cool. So, yeah, that's the well, that's great. Sirens part. Okay. 
And on the other side, on the other side, we've got five kind of banger tracks, mm -hmm. kind of like the Low album had. Yep. And we've been playing two of them recently in Germany. We two got lucky enough that I got in and out of Germany before they closed it. Yeah. We were playing uh, the first uh, track of Side B, which is My Beautiful Monster, which I start out telling them, well, when I say, here, here comes a new song, and their faces go, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it, could be, it, could be, it could be crap. <laughs> and then I say, oh, and it's also, My Beautiful Monster is actual de depression. I, I like, uh, I always put my hand up and tell people, hey, I have depression and anxiety, and I live with it, and I just, you know, other people should speak about it more. And then they do so. I say, okay, here's a happy song about depression. <laughs> and it starts out really slowly, and then the chorus just goes bang, and I just see big faces light up with big smiles and relief that, hey, this is not crap at all. Mm -hmm. And that goes down really well. And then the, the final song is, oh, is another new one again after we play Send Me an Angel and everything else, uh, is Dream On, which is the second track oh, on side two. Right. And it's just a bit of an electronic glam banger. Yeah. And uh, it goes down supremely well. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. And there's what it's what stuff kind of things are um, darkness is the colour of light, which is silly play on words and something I love saying, darkness is that colour of light. Mm -hmm. Oh where's God, which is a bit of a song about uh, well, with all this crap going on in the world, where's God while this is happening. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's about it. Yeah. It's great. And it's so great to hear artists like you continue to make music that is good because not all of them do Thanks. so well, some people would be trying to, to pander to what an audience wants well i'm not trying to write and you send me an angel or i'm trying to sort of stretch my limitations with my abilities of writing my understanding of music you know my singing trying to make it better my guitar playing just my general understanding of music you learn uh, the musicians really trying they're learning something themselves while they're going along they're not just sort of going oh I better make an album I can just do some kind of mush I do, yeah. I do, want, I do want people to love it and, I, and also uh, for the first time ever I mean I love all of our singles and everything but for me this is the first album that I actually love from beginning to end that I, that I personally love you know? mm. so it doesn't matter what other people really think because okay. I love it good well that's all that matters well good yep. okay well, there's a big, uh, okay. you know, incentive, hopefully, for real-life fans, new and old, to go check out Sirens if they haven't already. One more thing about Sirens. Uh, if anyone listening to this would like a copy, uh, it's a download copy, just email me at the, uh, the real-life website, and I'll email them back a download card. So wow. while people are stuck at home, it's um, a good thing to be able to find some new music. So uh, if anyone wants one, just email me, and I'll email them back with it. There card. you go. We will include the link to real life to the website in the description of this show. So anyone who's listening, there will be a hyperlink right there. You can hit that and ask for your free copy of Sirens, and it's great. Okay, very good. All right, so let's kick it off. Track one on uh, okay. the 80s synth essentials is uh, your very own Send Me an Angel, the 2009 version.
my mind i think that's uh apropos because it 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 takes its place on the stage with the other enduring hits of this era where it belongs and it, you mentioned this earlier yeah, when cleopatra you. came to you and they said you know we want you to do a covers album and you have to cover send me an angel why is that a stipulation in this deal uh, I guess, that, and I, they've done this, I think Mike Score from the Seagulls has done a similar album, a few people have done that. Uh, one, the record company wants to get a, a hold of a version that they can release in license of, of, of big songs. Got it. So, more than anything, I mean, but, uh, they love the song, but also they want to get a, a version of their own that they can use, which, which I'm quite happy with, because um, the original version, there was always problems with the record company, and I never saw much of whatever happened to it or came from it. So with Cleopatra, I think, okay, they're going to work it as hard as they can. They love the song, I'll do it. And that's what other people have done as well. So. Good, good. When you yeah. remake a, a song like that, do you, is the intention to improve upon it? Is it to take it in a different direction? Or in this case, is it to be as faithful to the original as possible? How do you, what's your mind frame when you go into covering yourself? I was thinking of doing something completely off the wall with it. Mm -hmm. There are many, many, many versions of it that are off the wall. There's rockabilly, there's a 1920s version. But uh, no, Brian from Cleopatra was very clear that you know it was um, a sound alike, mm -hmm. a more sound alike. So okay. I was trying, uh, even though most of our uh, songs back in the day were recorded, and the synths we used were Jupiter 8 synths. That's the, the classic intro to Send Me an Angel, the chord parts on Catch Me, I'm Falling, mm -hmm. etc. And there, there are software versions of that. I mean, those, those synthesizers are as rare as hen's teeth these days and cost a fortune. So there's a software version of it. And I guess I was trying to find the sound. It, it's, it's not that easy to do. You know, you think, okay, I've got the same synthesizer here that does all the same things, I should be able to find the sound. And, and getting close to it is okay, but I, I, I couldn't nail the exact sound of it. Mm. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, the original bass on that was a, uh, a Moog, uh, a Moog synth that was played by hand by a mm. bass player. And once again, there's a software version of it, and I didn't quite get that sound. I think I liked the sound on the new one better than I did back mm. in the day. Interesting. Plus, of course, there was the Simmons drums, Simmons drums, yeah. uh, lots of paddy parts, yeah. And, and me being the guitar player as well, don't forget, it's me trying to you know, right. reinvent all the parts that were traditionally done by a keyboard player. So that was a yeah. great learning experience as well. Very yeah. cool, very cool. Um, okay, track two. This is the first one that we venture out into covers of other people's work. It's Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This from the Eurythmics.
I'm curious if you ever crossed paths with those guys, because while I was listening to this, I was thinking, boy, back in the day, maybe the perfect double bill would have been real life opening for the Eurythmics. I could see that being a really great show. Did you ever, do you know these guys at all? 32 times we have been to in America. Did you? Okay, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. That's that first ever American tour. We, we did 32 shows and it was, it was fantastic. It was wonderful. That was our first trip to America. We, we did uh, a lap of America with Eurythmics. We then went through Canada on our own and came down the east coast of America again with our old friends Berlin. Mm. But um, I was a huge fan of Eurythmics, you know, really big fan. And I was so in awe of Annie, but also terrified as well. But really? I'm a bit of a, an idiot when I meet rock stars, and I go, but I go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so I hid from Annie for 32 shows. I was kind of somewhere on the side of the stage, hiding from her. Really? But um, that, that was a, it was a great tour, yeah. And, and the, the rest of the band met her and said how lovely she was, but I was just like, oh no, I can't possibly meet her. I can't no. do it. <laughs> and uh, she was also, there was a, a bit of a strain at the time too. She was actually married to a Hare Krishna, which, which was a bit of a bit of a mistake, I believe, mm -hmm. that everyone, all of her friends, uh, Dave Stewart and everyone all around, could see it. And um, she'd often be in tears on the side of the stage. Oh. I just thought, I'm just going to let this lady sing. She sings so beautifully. Yeah. So for me to have a go at that, you know, at first, I mean, it's in the same key that she does it and everything. Uh, just getting my little voice to do some of it. And I cheated in parts. There's a part, there's like a middle eight bit where uh -huh. I just used some reverse vocal samples and things and, and I cheated rather than try to do the harmonies that uh -huh. she did. So I got to a, I got close to, to a certain stage that there's bits that I had to just sort of fake on there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you approach, I mean, this is a standard. Everyone knows this song. When you, what comes first? The idea to cover Sweet Dreams or the idea to cover something by the Eurythmics and you choose Sweet Dreams? Could you have chosen no, something no, else? Dreams, no, 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 Sweet Dreams is just the, the Eurythmics in a nutshell for me. Yeah. I love that yeah. song from the day it came out. Yeah. You know, which was interesting enough, it was, um, it had come out the same year that, um, that Semi and Angel came out, I think in, in 83 or something, yeah. or, or maybe it came out a bit earlier than that. And we were signed to BMG Records here and we were at the Semyon Angel launch at the at the zoo in Melbourne, mm. where I live. And not, I don't live in the zoo, but in the zoo. <laughs> um, and, and one of the first things I did with the record company guy was said, hey, we're on the same label. Can you give me a free copy of the Eurythmics? And he said, sure, David. And he did. And um, oh, nice. I loved it. But that's the one I wanted to do. Absolutely the one I wanted to do. Okay. But, but also, it's a, it's a guy doing that. It's not always, oh, I know a lot of other guys. I don't think Marilyn Manson did it, didn't he? Yeah, true. As well. Yeah, it, I was thinking, you know, this is a guy doing, it's a bit of a tribute to how much what I think of, you know, such great singers as Annie Lattuck was going, yeah, I'm going to do a girl song. Yeah. And I think I'm going to do all boys songs. Nah, I want to yeah. do a girl song. Good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. It's great. Okay, track three is Cars from Gary Newman.
and this one I think might be my favorite track on the album. I was trying to decide. Yeah, I don't know why. I um, Well, I'm going to touch on this a little bit more when we talk about the next song, but I, I really like, I don't know, I like your take on this. It, it kind of freshens it up a little bit. Now this, I oh, think, it, yeah, if I remember right, if I remember right, Cars actually came out in like 79 or something, and Gary yeah. is... Yeah. really considered kind of the pioneer of so much of this poppy synth stuff. Absolutely. Did he make as big an impression Absolutely. on you as he did other people? Oh, very much. I, was, I remember, you know, we just started when he, he came out to Australia and uh, we just started, and unbeknownst to me, the rest of my sound, my band snuck off to his sound check and got mm. in and watched the whole sound check. It was, it was like, oh, you didn't tell me, what? <laughs> Yeah, it was just all those sounds. I mean, that's that's what really drew me into music. Even you know, being a guitar player, I wanted to be in a band with those synthesizers. I wanted that. I love to this day in Australia. I haven't got a bass guitarist. So I've got a bass synth player now. So we're like two synth players and me on the guitar. So and the, the whole story about him going in and he's a guitar player, and then someone had left a a Moog, a Moog synthesizer in the studio. And they just picked it up and started messing around with it and dumped the rest of the stuff they were going to do. So he, he discovered all that by accident. Yeah. And I also had been doing that uh, live with a friend's band that I'd get up as a guest and uh, they'd say, you, we'll do a cover. And I'd, I'd always done cars and I, and I thought I did it fairly well. So I thought, oh, this one will be easy for me because I actually do know it and I'll, I'll do my best with it. It's sort of, the vocal kind of sits in my range too. Mm -hmm. sort of, that wasn't hard to sing. Good I can point. do that very easily. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good point. I could see that. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I feel like uh, your version is uh, close enough to the original that it co it touches on all the nostalgia and the endearment that you feel for a song you love, but takes it into it adds these new layers to it that uh, weren't there before. And I so I think I don't know. I mean, I really like every song on the sound, but that one might be my favorite. Okay. Oh, thank yeah, you. track four is "Fade to Gray" from Visage. Where I want to make the point because these last three songs all kind of fall into a certain category. The originals of these songs are all sort of the synth on them is all sort of chilly and cold because it was the early yeah. days 
of synth pop. Yep. But you yep. coming along, I feel like you you're giving it. I don't know if the warmth is quite the right, right word, but a, a layer of depth that some of the stuff, the, the iciness of the originals didn't quite have. And Fade to Grey is another example of that. And uh, so I, I think that might be why I lo- really like this these first trifecta, because it's warming up these kind of icy songs that we know as being sort of chilly and making them new and fresh yeah. again, you know? Uh, yeah, thank you. you know, what, but one interesting thing too is though, all of the, I didn't play one real synth on that. They're all software synths. Oh, really? You know? Oh. Yes, they're all they're all they're all in the box copies of you know moves or this. Strange enough, I've gone completely the full circle the other way now. In that uh, I still use some software synths, but I've got a room full of there's recreations of the Jupiter Eight and the Juno Six, all the famous synths, and I've got a Korg. But I'm I'm really going bananas at the moment over modular synths. You know the modular synths where you, you build up a huge rack of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's and it's all big analog gear, uh, and it's it, like in, incredibly addictive. And you sort of put a wire in into one socket and into the other end of another socket, and you you start building this patch up. And when you're finished, if you take it apart, you can never make the same sound twice, which is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But but that is a difference because. Um, back in the day with the original recordings of Fade to Grey and uh, Cars, you know, they were the real thing. They were the Moogs. And I was, I was very aware of um, trying to get that analogue sound out of digital machines. It would, mm-hmm. The whole thing was made what we call in the box. Like, mm-hmm. there was no guitar. In, I played the guitar directly into the, into the computer. I didn't have the miking techniques. I didn't have the microphones. I had a vocal mic, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's strange, a very a big compliment you say that, thank you, John, mm-hmm. uh, is that I came, you know, close to sort of recreating some of that, trying to be true to those sounds because that's what makes the yeah. makes those records is how beautiful those things sounded. With Fade to Grey as well, that's another one. I've done that a couple of times live as well. I did a show last year in Germany with Midjur. He's just been mm-hmm. out here as well. He must have just got out before out the, before mm-hmm. the country came in lockdown, and he's someone you know who I, who I totally respect. In yes. Germany last year. I was watching him from the side of the stage, and he and he, he announces, "Okay, now I'm going to do a song that I wrote and produced, but I, it wasn't me on the record." And he and he plays Fade mm-hmm. to Grey, so it's great hearing him do it as mm-hmm. well. And he does it he does it so well. He does yeah. it very well. Yeah. I was going to ask you if your paths yeah. had crossed because he's he does a lot of the '80s shows like you do too, and I would have to have thought that somewhere along the line you two would be on the same bill. He's such a gentleman. Yes. I just I love him. He oh. he seems so good natured and seems to have really embraced his place in the music world right now i just have a ton of respect for him oh absolutely absolutely uh, um I've got, uh, depending how the how the, this virus thing turns up but i do have another show with him uh, in germany in september if it's all Excellent. over by then but yeah any chance to work you know i'm always you know really pri- privileged to sort of just you know i'm sitting there pinching myself the whole mm-hmm. time even last year when I met you, yeah, uh, meeting the tubes. I mean, when Phil yes. Fee Weber walked in there, it was like, oh my god, that's Fee Weber. I'm just in awe of those people, you know, and yeah. so and so privileged that um, that they treat me, you know, as as one as an equal with that with, in in that respect too. Yeah. So, so yes, I'm looking forward to to work with Midge if I get a chance later in the year. I want a quick little plug. One of my favorite rock autobiographies is his. It's called If I Was. Um, I, ha- I read it like 10 years ago. And at the time, it was before 
a lot of the retro uh, kind of nostalgia tours happened. And I remember specifically in that book, him saying, you know, I don't, I'm probably never going to go that route. I don't need to, but things change for everybody. But it's just a great book because he is very open and honest and answers every question you would ever have, honestly. You know, you get the sense well, that he's not holding anything back. And I really respect that. I, I guess I'm going to go and look for that now. I, I, I wasn't that aware that that, that existed, but I'm certainly yeah. going to go. Uh, look at but he was also a guitar player for Tim yes. for a while, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's no slouch on, on nope. the rock and roll guitar. No. When he put the Les Paul in his hands and boys, he, does he know how to use it? Yep. I've seen him in concert yep. several times, and sometimes he, they're like rock shows, and sometimes they're electronic shows, and sometimes it's more of a pop yeah. show, and he can do it all. He's great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's yeah. great. And a great producer and writer as mm -hmm. well, you know, boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you yeah. touched on this. It was so cool meeting you last last summer. Are you going? And, and it was the first time in a long time, I think, that you had even been able to come over to the states prior to all of this. Yeah. Let's pretend coronavirus doesn't exist. Are you in a position where that might happen again sometime? Possibly. I mean, I was sort of dreading last year. The the whole thing about people getting to America, artists getting to America, is the whole visa thing. Mm. And I thought, I thought, okay, it's just me. It's just me. But it was like four months about six and a half thousand dollars, 50 oh. pages worth of bullshit that I had to provide. Oh, no. Then they want to send you, you know, see you for an interview. You have to get a petition done by an agent in, in the US. And then it starts coming down to the wire. You know, you're like mm -hmm. a month out from the gig and you haven't heard whether you've got your visa yet. Then they say, oh, look, you've got to pay another two thousand dollars to get it expedited. Mm -hmm. Right down to the wire. Then they, they appoint a meeting for you. They say, okay, your meeting, your meeting, uh, your interview is at, at one minute past 10. Oh. Be there, and that's yeah, okay. That's fine. But you get there. There's a queue around the block. People who had their meeting scheduled oh, for like no. two hours before you, and and that was before yeah. you know, the virus yeah. thing came out, and it was just chaotic. And I thought, wow, you know. And, and it was two days before I left mm -hmm. that I found out that I was really going to go. Yeah. So for all the promoters that were promoting the show and all the people who were coming to see, I'm thinking, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get there. Yeah. You know, finally got there. And then talking to the other non-Americans on the tour, some of the guys from uh, Wang, one of the guys from Wang Chung, one of the guys from When in Rome, mm. and also Escape Club, mm. and they all they all paid that much money, and it came down to the wire, oh, man. and we didn't know whether we were going to be there. And then, so if I wanted to go again next year, guess what? Oh. Oh, they no. don't just keep it on file. Here goes what oh, you do. You have to do it again. Brand and. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They just pretend you don't exist, and you go, "Hey, look, come on! I've been going there for so many years. I've got pictures of me on the front of Billboard <laughs> magazine. I've got my chart positions. I've got all the films in our songs yeah. going. And you got to just produce the whole damn lot again." Oh no! So, uh, if I if I could skip that part yeah. of it, yes, yeah. of course I would love to, because I, you know, I was thinking, well, how am I going to get through this last year? And I ended up having a really, really great time because of all the other musicians and, and all, all the people that came to the gig, such as yourself. And I'd forgotten all the good parts of America, all the good things about America that I missed. And the venues were fantastic, you know, and the lineup of the shows was great. All the people were just absolutely fantastic. So from day one, I remember sitting on Redondo Beach down in California with my head in my hands while I was waiting to get my room ready to get in. I'm going, oh, my God, this is day one. How am I going to get through six weeks? Oh. And then at the end, like being in tears with everyone because we've become yeah. such a family and going, oh, I don't want to go home now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a life, man. So what a life. Time. Well, good. That was, yeah, oh, yeah. look, it's, it's a, 
I'll it's go a ahead. Privilege. Good. Yeah, it's I, a privilege to do that. Considering how big you guys were in Salt Lake City, and considering I grew up at that time, I don't know how yeah. I missed ever seeing real life. That was the first time last summer being able to see you, and I'm 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 sad that I missed the glory days when it was a full hour, hour and a half of real life move, songs yeah, top to bottom. Yeah. But still, well, Salt Lake Salt Lake was always great for us. You know, it yeah. was always really really good. Uh, I think the last time, the last time we did a full show, there was about 2004, actually. Mm. We just sort of did some small clubs mm-hmm. and things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they I love, they love, love you. Um, okay, yeah. track five, Depeche Mode. guys are I, th- I always think of them as the rolling stones of synth pop or even like alternative you're, rock. You're, you know what i mean you're so right there you're so right there they'd blow a lot of bands off the stage with their synths too you know a lot of the they'd blow guns and roses away and they'd blow the stones away you know to a certain extent um in their own way yeah they're the masters they yeah. really really are it's interesting that i picked that one i do like the song and i guess it wasn't Dave Gahan his most powerful best, you know, wasn't, it, they were still in the light pop mode to a certain extent, although the subject is fantastic, but it, it wasn't, you know, you know, personal Jesus or something, which I wouldn't even dare try, you know. Mm, so interesting. It was, a, it, was a, it was a kind of an easy way out, and it was, it was fun to do, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was good fun to work on, and I didn't have to play guitar on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to touch, your guitar playing is really excellent on this, and I'm going to bring it up here in a few more songs, but... Yeah, I was curious why everything counts too. That the live version, especially at the end of 101, is so. I still get goosebumps every time I hear it. When you're just, I mean, there's a lot of live albums out there, but hearing the crowd, this gigantic crowd, sing this song back to Dave and the band in that moment, and you know how big it is yep. for them, hits me every time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I yep. don't know. I was curious about that too. There were so, there are so just like with the Rolling Stones, there are so many songs to choose from. This one's one of my favorites, yeah. but I was curious why you did it. It just felt right? Yeah, it just felt right. It was one I could sort of, you know, wrap my vocals around, and the, the synth parts weren't too hard to sort of figure out. You know, I just I have to, you know, sort of figure out how everything goes for a start. So, yeah, I know I liked it. I've always liked that song, and I thought, yeah, I think I can do this, do this justice without trying to sort of tackle one of the huge classics. I mean, 
Uh, I'd love to do People Are People, but you know, you go, whoa, to do a great reproduction of that. Right. I, I can do I do a fair version of Just Can't Get Enough. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Boy, yeah, I was thinking yeah. about all the ones like Never Let Me Down Again. I could see you doing a really, although their version is perfection, but I could see you doing a really good version of that maybe. Or Master and Servant. Yeah. There were so many. I mean, but this is uh, this yeah. one's one of my favorites. Did you ever cross paths with yeah, Depeche Mode? Interestingly enough, yes. When we were making our second album, Flame, we were at a place called Hansa Studio in Berlin. Mm-hmm. We were on a record label called uh, called Intercord in Germany, a great label they were. And they also had Depeche. And um, there's a restaurant. Oh, Depeche had recorded, I forget what they They recorded several albums there. I think they recorded People Are People there in the mm-hmm. studio. Uh, Bowie recorded Low there. Yeah, of course. Um, as soon as you uh, said Hansa, I remember. That's got to be cool, recording in the same place as Bowie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I sang in the big hall that he sang here. Oh, nice. Uh, but, so Depeche were on the same label, and our record guy turns up for lunch at the restaurant downstairs one day with Martin Gore. So we sat down and had lunch. And strangely enough, I was in Berlin in February, and I was walking around my old haunts, you know, because this was back before the wall came down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found Hans' studio, and uh, uh, the restaurant's still there, and I sat at the same table that I had lunch with Martin. Oh, man. Uh, in an, yeah, a lot of reminiscing going That's on great. there. So it's a fabulous place, Hans' studio. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they do tours of it now. It's still a fully working studio. Yeah. But um, you can book a tour and be taken around all the, the parts that aren't being used on that day. So, okay. Yeah, that was amazing. Wow, yeah. that is amazing. Good for you. Uh, okay, track yeah. six, Blue Monday from New Order. guys can pretty much do no wrong and uh this is you know seminal it's one of the most important synth songs of all time if not the most important what made what gave you the cojones to to do this one (laughs) because because i totally agree with what you just said yeah i remember first hearing it for the first time driving my car and i i had to pull over the side of the road and just Mm. stop driving and go what is this Mm -hmm. and uh I never get tired of that song. I love that so much. You know, the, the especially coming from you know, coming out of the ashes of Joy Division. I mean, the whole story of Joy Division turning into New Order, how they came, you know, came out to be as just as an important band as, as Joy Division was. It's the same, just the same people, and that whole just electronic thing, that that electronic bass drum and the synthesizers, and Peter Hooks playing lead on the bass yeah. guitar pretty much it's just yeah. uh, incredible and, and uh, 
Barney voice, I love it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he's got about five notes in his range, but boy, can he do something with those five notes. Yeah. You know, he, he's always yeah. got the same intervals in all the songs. And I thought, oh, I've got to have a go at this. This is just my favorite. I love it so much. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're so good, and I wish that they could figure it out with Peter Hook because, I mean, his bass playing is the linchpin of, I think, what makes them extra special. You know what I mean? The quality of the songs is undeniable, but it's Peter's bass that gives them this layer of, like, being extra special, something that no one else out there is doing. It really separates them from the pack, and it's a shame that they're all fighting with each other all the time. Yeah, I think I think you know once lawyers get in the middle and 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 drive you know lawyers get in and sort of drive things further for their own greed, mm-hmm. and I think it's become just too you know money orientated and and you know the only people that won were the lawyers out of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would the second choice for New Order have been for you? Bizarre Love Triangle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, know it was, it was, I never even thought about what it could be. Really? It was, yeah. It had to be Blue Monday, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just love the words, too, you know. The, yeah. you know it, the words are just so cool. Yeah. I mean, he just, uh, unbelievable mm-hmm. turn of a phrase. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Uh, okay, speaking of the best, yeah. track seven is The Cure. And you chose Primary, which is not, yeah. you know, maybe even in their like top 20 most recognizable songs. What made you choose this one? Really? I think you know something else like yeah, something else like Love Cats or something, or you know, and the popular ones would be too hard to do. But I just love the riff. Mm-hmm. I just love the bass guitar and and um, oh yeah, I've actually played bass guitar on that too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, just the whole guitar part. That and the 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 voice, I can sort of do that voice fairly well. That was that was that was probably the most fun one to do. Really, and it was like, oh, I think I've got it. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is another one where I mean, there's just so much to choose from. I was trying to think what song I would imagine you'd really nail, and I was thinking of the walk. That uh, that really 
infectious synth riff that goes through the walk, I thought I could see Dave yeah. nailing this song, you know? Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I possibly could, but it was just the uh, punk guitar player in me wanted mm. to play the other one. <laughs> yeah, I don't And I did want to have sort of, I think that's the only one that I played real bass guitar on. Yeah, I played the real bass part on that too. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, um, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that I got that. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that one. Good. Yeah, it was such an out-of-left-field pick, but it's so solid. Now, did you ever cross yeah. paths with The Cure at all? Uh, no. Mm. No, no, never. No. Yeah. Some, the, the sort of people I'd be just too terrified to meet. If someone said, oh, we're going out, I've got backstage, and say, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going backstage. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember the, the person I did it to and that, took, that took me a lesson was, ah, uh, what's the singer, Rongo Boingo? Uh, Danny uh, Danny Elfman. I went to see uh, went to see with his record company. The boss of his record company took me to see them at at the Greek Theatre, uh-huh. and then took took me backstage. And I just loved Danny Elfman's mm-hmm. voice so much. Me too. And uh, he, you know, came up and said, "Oh, you know, Danny's a Daisy from real life. You know, he's got that great song, blah blah." blah. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> a, a blabbermouth. I just didn't know what to say. And I thought, "Oh shit, I'm never going to do that again. Never uh, ever." <laughs> really? So you don't make you don't feel. I don't know, confident or like a no, like a peer no, of these people. No, no, oh. no. I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't. But, it, but all of the, you know, the people, especially as as they get older, you know, they're really humble and really nice, and all just yeah. you know, like I mentioned the tubes before. Yeah. You know, they're they're just grateful to be there. They're still around after all these years, and my God, you know, how good were they? And you know, the seagulls, Martha Davis, Martha in the motels, <laughs> right. Uh, what a what a beautiful lady yeah. she is, and you know someone that I greatly admire that became just a lovely friend by the end of that tour. So. Good, she's such a neat neat yeah. lady. I've had her on here, and I had Fee Waybill on here actually, and uh, uh-huh. they're two of our most popular biggest episodes because those two are just well. First of all, they're just such interesting characters, and uh, their personalities oh, yeah. really shown through or shine through or whatever yeah. the right grammar is. But anyway, it was yeah. uh, they were fantastic. I love them both. You know, the Tube is just such, such a pioneering band. You know, yeah. I, was, I was talking to Fear about some of the, you know, the incredible shows they did in that, and they said, yeah, we're getting paid a million bucks, but we're spending two million bucks <laughs> on the production all the time. You know, they're, they're just, they're theatrics, yeah. you know, and they're staging, as well as the songs, mm-hmm. boy, oh boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Great yeah. songs. Yeah, I love yeah. those guys. Uh, okay, this yeah. is the first of two songs. There's two songs on here that... I was less familiar with. I vaguely remember them, you know, but they're not part of yep. my canon. This was one of them. Everybody's got to learn sometime by the Corgis ah. or Corg. Is it Corgis? The Corgis. Corgis. No, the Corgis. Okay, yeah, I've know, heard of them, but I don't. I've never really listened to them. So tell me about them. Change your heart. Look around you. Everybody's gotta learn sometimes. 
Like I said, I vaguely, re- I've heard it in the periphery, like in, because, you know, again, Salt Lake City loves alternative synth pop, especially from the 80s. So I've heard it, but it wasn't like, it's not embedded in my memory like some of these other songs are. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just loved it. The vocal, just the, the, the beautiful line, everybody's got to learn sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just it is. So beautiful. And just the way the whole part, the, the chords are so beautiful as well, that move together. Yeah, all your favorite of mine. I, I think they're an English band, and that was probably about the only, the only big hit that they had. But just such a, such a beautiful song. Yeah. And um, I remember, you know, that was when I was, I played it to my girlfriend at the time, and I was really nervous, going, you know, I'm getting close to finishing these. What do you think? And I'm, and I got to listen to that one first. And um, she said, no, it's beautiful. So you know, Good. I was lucky to get away with that because it's, and it's not an easy song to sing either. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very sort of simple melody uh, and it's, it doesn't take off in any, in any big direction like mm-hmm. get really high or, or oppressive or anything it's just a beautiful understated um, melodic gorgeous song yeah. yeah I love that you uh, you get to yeah. cut loose on some guitar on this one too there's a nice solo yeah, yeah, right pretty, in the middle I was pretty happy with that thank yeah, you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I'm going to have to do I haven't heard this pretty much since I made it I don't have to go and listen to this now <laughs> 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 Thanks to you, John. You'd be surprised um, how many people uh, yeah. say that exact thing when they come on here to deep dive one of their albums. That same thing happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, because yeah. you, you think some things, you go, oh, you know, it's such a long time ago. But no, I, I remember doing that. And once again, that was just playing into the box, into lo- the logic mm-hmm. program that I was learning has got some um, guitar amps in it. It's got it's got keyboards built into it. You know, it's one of those things where you've got everything you need to make a record. It's got um, reverb units, delay units, compression, yeah. all these things that are you know part of the studio trade. And it's all in the one the one program, the one box as yeah. well. So that made things a whole lot easier than me you know, trying to learn how to mic an amp properly <laughs> and uh, and driving my neighbours nuts. Well, I've got <laughs> lovely neighbours and I want to keep it that way. Good. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. I'm gonna, I am going to have to listen to this. <laughs> you should. You do well. And in fact, I um, that's one thing that I really took away. It's funny. So I'll, I'll, I have a confession for you. you when you and I, okay. I think we first started talking about doing this Along, it was almost a year ago, I think. And if, if I remember correctly, you were on tour. You're about to go on tour, and and when you can't, you would tell me. You said, "I'll tell you when I get back," and you did. But the airline lost your guitar, and uh, you were petrified oh, about yeah. losing your guitar. And I thought, and I have to admit, I thought to myself, "Well, they're real life. They don't. They're synth pop. They don't. Is the guitar that you know important here?" But then well, when, they, I, when yeah. I saw you live finally last summer, it was it's like you're incredible. You're a really good guitar player, and I I didn't factor that into the importance of the sound so much. Well, it's that it's just getting that balance, like the mid-jewel balance. That mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to overplay or anything. But I mean, there's the guitar solo. There's guitar solos in Catch Me On Falling, the guitar solo in Send Me an true. Angel. Yeah, true. 
there's always something kind of there. But um, yeah, that's that would have been Germany last year, and I was also I would have been I'd just gotten back from Germany, and they did lose my guitar for a week or so. That white one you saw me playing last year, and I lost all my clothes and everything, so <laughs> I, I was a few days without and a bit distressed. And I was I was also probably you know packing, getting ready to sort of the sirens album was just taking up all of my musical time, and I kind of didn't want to think about anything else at the time either. So, but but yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Uh, also, for anyone listening, uh, and for you, Dave, I was going to tell you, uh, two people come to mind. So first of all, Rupert Hine, the producer, and I, we did one of these deep dives on the Fix Reach the Beach album last year. And he did the same thing. He couldn't remember any of them. And so he, every time I ask him about a song, he plays it for a few minutes beforehand. And it's like, what song is that again? Oh, yeah, now I remember. And then he goes into the story about the song. And then just a couple of months ago, I interviewed Julian Mendelssohn who is there in Melbourne. And uh, he did the yes, same thing. Yes. I would ask him about something and he'd say, did I work on that? And then he'd play it on his computer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. So anyway, you're in good company. Well, Ju- well Julian's on my... T- I, I was looking at your, your site and I saw the Julian one and I, you know, big admirer of his. Yeah. And um, that's, I've got that one earmarked to listen to. Nice. And then did you say there's a Rupert Hyman one as well? Yeah, Rupert's been on a couple of times. We did one that covered okay, his whole career. And then he came back on last summer, I think it was, and we did one of these deep dives on the Fix Reach the Beach yeah. album. Yeah. Well, he you know, he was one of our choices to produce our first record, Heartland. And I he wonder. was actually, we'd just uh, written uh, Send Me an Angel and we were in a rehearsal studio. And there was some friends of ours called Little Heroes, mm. uh, another Melbourne band, were in the studio next door. And Rupert Hine was in their rehearsal room with them because he was going to produce an album for them. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and the, the, the rest of the band were, like, holding me back, going, no, you can't go out there. You can't go knocking on their door. You know, it's bad. Because I was more of a big, I was a big fan, fan of him as an artist before he really made his name mm-hmm. with all the other production things, you know. Mm-hmm. Back to the Don't Pay the Ferryman days. Do you know what people sing at me? Don't Pay the Ferryman. <laughs> there you so, go. <laughs> Nice. Nice. I could see that. That's a good reference. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've always been a big fan. I would have, I would have loved to have, you know, got him on some production. You know, mm-hmm. is he still producing music? As well? He does a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's hard for yeah. a lot of old legendary producers like them because the budgets aren't there anymore. So his, he's very That's focused right. on like teaching and I think he goes around giving like lectures and is on the board of certain things, but I mean, I could send you his yeah. email address if you want. He's the best. I love him. No, no. I'm, okay. I'm too terrified of getting <laughs> That's <to> true. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. I forgot yeah, about that. I've got, I've got to see both them, Julian Mendelssohn and, and uh, Rupert Hine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're great. Uh, okay, track nine is Shout. Shout, shout, Talking 
I mean, Tears for Fears, this is one of the greatest anthems of all time. You guys, you have a, you do a fresh kind of take on this. It's very much in keeping with the anthemic nature of the original, but there's some nice flourishes. There's a middle section, almost like the beginning of an outro around the four and a half, five minute mark of your version of this song that's really nice. What made you choose this one? I've been a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Tears of Fears, but I've always felt that that was that was their defining moment for me, just because of like big drums. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it had the big guard, the gated drums on it, and just the lyrics shout, shout, let it all out. You know, it's yeah. like wow, that just did it for me. Yeah. Also, you know, when I, apart from you know being in my range and everything, there was a guitar part that was would have been played. Oh, was it would have been played by the guy who played the um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World song. Because I listened to that podcast of yours, I've forgotten his name. Neil Taylor, he's one of my favourite. Good me too. He's one yeah. of my favourite guitars because he yeah. played. He played for uh, Robbie Williams mm -hmm. for yes. a long time too. But uh, yeah, he, I thought I, I don't know whether he played it on played that track as well. But um, well, I guess it was the same album, so yeah. he, maybe he did. But um, yeah, I wanted to have a go at that one. That that one was a challenge. That was okay. you know, it's a very famous song and a big challenge. And, and yeah. for me, much more of a favourite song than everybody wants to rule the world, which I do love. But. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit kind of soft. There's, okay. there must, there's an aggressive streak in me when it comes to, you know, the Cure song and, and this song that I do want to sort of sing out loud and, and rock out loud a bit when I can, if I can. Within, within my, you know, sure. my vocal range and my guitar playing range. Yeah. yeah. You saying this, it's really interesting. I'm kind of noticing a pattern here that you felt ballsy enough in most cases to go after one of these bands that you admire, one of their bigger hits. It does, it, other than primary, it doesn't sound like you were, well, I'm going to try to do something different with one of the lesser known hits. You went right for the jugular on a lot of these. That takes guts. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I was, always, I was always worried about was I was worried about them hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone who started hearing it, thinking, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> I can imagine you being confronted in the hallway somewhere going, listen, you, you bastard, what do you think you were doing with our song? Jeez. That's great. Yeah, this is and great. I've heard, en I've heard enough ordinary versions of, of my songs to just feel feel flattered by it. To yeah. say, hey, they like my music so so good. But, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do. I saw, them, I saw them just a few years ago uh, when Spandau Ballet reformed, they, they came out oh. and did a major tour with Spandau, the Spandau Reformation gig. Very nice. And uh, boy, were they good. They're yes. just, you know, they're such fine musicians. Mm -hmm. They really, really are. Mm -hmm. yeah, and great, you know, great songs, great singers. Both of them great singers, you know. Yeah, well, I love them. They're probably a top 10 all-time favorite of mine, too. In fact, I, I don't know how else to describe this, and maybe you can relate or listeners can relate. When I think of their first three albums, especially, I want to live inside of those albums. And I can't think of a better way to describe it because they're so comfortable and matter so deeply to me. Like, I just want to live inside of them and feel those feelings all every second of my life. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but I just love them so much. No, you know? Yeah, that's a, you know, I've got albums that, that you know, I feel the same way about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand that very much, you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great, you know, when you're a musician and, you know, you really do make people time travel when you, mm. you know, start playing a song, you know, that uh, they've always got a story about what that song meant to them, who mm. they were at the time, what they were going through at the time. That's a great privilege 
to have these people tell you these things about them. I've, I've had some, you know, beautiful stories told to yeah. me about, you know, how people have, you know, what's been happening to them during a song or something. I mean, uh, I remember that there was a girl that came to the, that I've been friends with for, oh, 20 something years or so, that um, wrote to me from the first Iraq War, an American service no woman. Um, saying, you know, I'm here in Iraq and I'm scared shitless and I found your address on the back of the seat of the seat of the cassette that I've got and I just sort of write to you and tell you that I'm loving your music. Your music is helping me through this. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Wow. You know, I was just totally humbled. So she's, yeah. she's been a friend ever since then anyway. So That's great. You know, people tell me something like that. I say, you know, let's have, let's have lunch or something. Let's, yeah. let's talk. Yeah. That's great. That's good. That's I mean, that, those are the those are the spoils of being the fantastic artist that you are is being able to move people all over the world that you don't even know. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. You put something yeah. out there and oh, it's yeah. working for you all the time. It's amazing. So yeah, and you, and and this comes from you know, there's no there's no sort of you know division, uh, religion or race or um, politics. You know, music really does unite people all over them, no matter whether you're, you know, living in a communist country or a, or an Islamic country or a Catholic country or what, you know, it's, they all love the same thing. You know, yeah. music really does unite people. Yeah. So that's yeah. lucky we've got it at the moment, eh? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. So true. Uh, okay, track 10 is the other sort of left field choice, I think, on here. Nowhere Girl from B-Movie. bands that I I'm only just starting to become aware of lately whenever I hear one of their songs I think I like this song I need to pay more attention to B-Movie I think there's only one album to even pay attention to and this is the biggest song off of yeah, it yeah. what made you choose this one yeah there was something else I tried I was, I, was, I was sort of running out of choices and I was running out of time a bit and I wasn't sure what to do and I think I think they, I, I don't I don't I guess the Lost Eighties tour is going to be cancelled this year, but I think they're going to be they, they were going to be on it this year if it was going ahead, mm -hmm. or if it goes ahead. And um, uh, the guy that runs that is a guy called Rob Warris, 
who has the Boss Booking Agency in California, and uh, he was a fan of the, the band, and, and I remember him, you know, playing in the car or something one day, and I thought, oh yeah, you know, I really like the song, I like that song, so I'll have a go at it. So I had tried something else, which I, there was only one failure that I had, one real failure, and I can't even remember what it was, it was one suggested by the guy from Cleopatra himself, and uh, I failed miserably, so... Um, I, I sort of I, I, I did that one so mm. and yeah it's good I, and, uh, I know a lot of people that hadn't heard it before uh, heard the first version by me actually which is mm. surprising so interesting yeah but yeah it's a nice song it's okay. a nice song uh, you mentioned I yeah. was going to ask you this at the end but I'll do it now what are some of the other songs that were in the running that either you recorded and they didn't make the final product or you just didn't get around to it or what what else was in the running well, once again, it's, that's hard to remember. It's such a long time ago. Okay. Uh, there was an Iggy Pop song, mm -hmm. and I can't even remember uh, what it was. You know, here's me trying the Iggy. Ha ha, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, looking through all sorts of things, and but I can't remember okay. a major one that failed. There wasn't, there wasn't one that I really wanted to do and failed with. The, the, one, the one that I did fail with was something I wasn't that into anyway, and mm -hmm. it just, just wasn't working out. But it wasn't a big, huge uh, hit song. Okay. Uh, for anyone and yeah with, with everybody else's catalogue with the, the Cure New Order you know New Order was easy to pick because it was my favourite mm -hmm. The Cure is just that I loved it uh, yeah, there's, I love a whole lot of other songs and I thought well I tried this and tried that and I thought no no I want to just rock out on the guitar on mm -hmm. this one and, and once again it was well uh, can I is that in my vocal range yeah uh, as well so there, there were those deciding factors there wasn't too many that fell by the way so there wasn't anything that I, other than really that I started and stopped with no I just can't do that can't okay. do it at all so no I was pretty happy with what I picked and, and the way they turned out good the end, yeah was the Iggy song Real Wild Child no 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 because no. no, that's, that's actually an original Australian song yes it is it is but it was an 80s yes, song and it was Johnny kind of Keith. yeah good point ooh good callback I'd forgotten yeah. about that you're yeah. right Okay, yeah. so yeah, I wondered it if it was going to be one of his '80s thing. songs, and that's the one that came to mind. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. and I, I, geez, I forget what it was. I, I had it on, I had it on cassette somewhere. You know, I'm gonna have to go and look at it. Okay, <laughs> no big deal. But no, I, I, it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, um, what I could have um, is China Girl. Um, oh, good then point. I uh, got two birds with one stone then, because yeah. China Girl I do do love very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, I think musically that would have been a little bit too hard. There's, there's so many great musicians on that record, mm -hmm. on the on the bass and on the, I think it's uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan on the guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and now Rogers, two of the so, best. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, I was better off leaving that one alone. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. You and I love Bowie so much. I was curious if it sounds like China Girl was the Bowie song that was in the running, possibly for being on the album. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. With because that was one of the, when I went to Hans' studio um, earlier this year. Um, that's where we recorded Heroes and Love yeah. and everything. And so yeah, it's a real pilgrimage for me. I bet. Know. I bet. So, yeah. Okay. The next two songs are like maybe the two biggest standards of this genre. First up is "I Melt with You" by Modern English. I saw the world 
That song has never gone away. I've had Robbie Gray on here, and uh, he leads a very comfortable life thanks to that song, still to this day. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, again, going back to just having the cojones to tackle the biggest songs of the era, What was this just a no-brainer for you? We have to do I Melt With You? No, no, not necessarily. It was, it was all done. It was, of course, all done with, with respect and hoping that I could sort of do justice to, or come near, um, the sentiment of an original song. But that one in particular, it, it wasn't a big hit in Australia. In fact, it might not have even been a hit here. So, for me, it it was a little obscure. You know, it was much bigger in America than it was here. So. No, I've always liked it. It's just a, a great song. It's yeah. just it's such a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, really beautiful is. sentiment. You know, I melt with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd written a song years ago called Meltdown. Yeah. Mm. Which is, uh, and on the Sirens album, in the very end, the, the siren is just saying, melt into me. Melt. Ooh, good so, one. Yeah. Good wow. One. There's a trifecta of coincidence. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. And the next song is Tainted Love yeah. from, you know, obviously not originally yeah. done by Soft Cell, but they're the ones who made it popular and uh, again another staple of the of the genre maybe the staple And I, I pretty much 
So yeah, I can I can get this one done reasonably quickly. So I mean, everything took me probably twice as long as it should have because I didn't know what I was doing. Because oh. I, you know, I was I was learning as I went along. True. So it was it was a really interesting thing trying to do good versions, make it sound reasonably confident. Although I was absolutely you know uh, out of my depth in the technology of what oh. I was doing. Mm-hmm. So. That was interesting, but it, but you know I can't believe it worked out so fine. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still pinching myself to this day. <laughs> when you make a home but, album yeah. like this by yourself, just on your computer and stuff, mm-hmm. are you? Um, I don't know. Do you carve out? Do you approach it like a like a person with a job, like eight to five? I'm going to be on the computer working on this stuff. Do you sleep in Pretty and much. get up around yeah. noon and just do it, tinker with it when no, it, when the no, mood no, hits no. you? No, no, I'm a I'm a morning person, anyway. oh, okay. and with that, you know, I mean, I have, I have, you know, anxiety, mm. you know, big anxiety. I, I'm sort of looking at my watch all the time, and mm. I'm never late for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no one's ever, no one's ever there to witness my punctuality. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, I, I was really stressed out about it. Going, boy, oh boy, you know, you idiot! You said you could do this. You mm. took the money. <laughs> 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 now you got to deliver. Mm-hmm. And um, it, was, it was the best thing I could have ever done to myself, actually, was mm-hmm. just put myself through that. And I wanted to get it done because I wanted to move on to other things. I thought, okay, well, when this is done, now I can use everything I've learned mm-hmm. to make some more real-life music. That was part yeah. of the thing. was, okay, when I get through this, I can start making some real-life music. Very nice. And, okay. uh, well, it took me a long time to finally get around to doing sirens, but um, yeah, so that was a, that's a direct line to sirens. Got it. Sitting down and learning to do that was direct reason that sirens exist. Very that. cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the last track is the model from Craftwork. Uh, Again, kind of a, along a similar line as Gary Newman. I mean, these guys—they are the pioneers. I mean, of uh, none of this oh, would be here without them. Basically, were they as impactful for you? The two greatest concerts I've ever seen in my life, and this is—and um, I've seen Bowie, and I've seen the Stones, and I've seen Led Zeppelin. The first concert, the best, first best concert was Kraftwerk, and the second best concert was Kraftwerk. Um, <laughs> really, blew me away. Yeah, they, they, they came out at the time when they were doing, um, operating with the pocket calculator when they were bringing the Kling Klang studio with them and they had the robots on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was 1980, so that was the year Real I started. And uh, I went to this show 
and was just totally blown away by by the sound and by the, the theatricals. When you know, the curtain closed, that was sort of encore time, the curtain closed, they'd, they'd walked off, the curtain opens and then they're, they're playing and then they walk on and you realise that there was, the robots were playing. Mm. They had a robot of themselves. I was like, my God, when you realise what you've just seen, it's incredible. Yeah. And then I guess about, probably about eight years ago was the last time I saw them. You know, it's a long, mm. not often they come out to Australia. But it was just, it's so beautifully emotional. People think it's, you know, all machine moving. You know, you've got no idea of the beautiful emotion yeah. in all of this. So, uh, and the reason I chose the model was it's kind of a bit like um, Just Can't Get Enough by the mm-hmm. It's got a bit of that quirky little dance thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't one of the big super serious. Oh, there's a lot of humour in Clark, mm-hmm. of course, too. Mm-hmm. But no, I just liked um, She's the Model. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. You it's can just imagine one. singing to a beautiful girl, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I've got some vocoder. I think I've got some vocoder on there somewhere. I think you well. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's. I just love vocoders. I think I've got about every vocoder you can get. <laughs> 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 and I just always put vocoders on to cover up my voice a bit. Of course, got to have a vocoder there. So oh, you don't. I know love them. Okay. And do you know, so um, I don't know whether people listening know what a vocoder is, but if you listen to. Um, the beginning, the opening of uh, Catch Me, I'm Falling, that's one of the, the best uses of vocoder. That's right. You know, it's a really, Very good it, point. It makes you sound like a robot. <laughs> and people go, oh, you know, people who are into the blues and that go, oh, look, they're using all this modern technology. Well, the vocoder was invented before the Fender guitar and before the Gibson guitar as well. Really? It was uh, invented by the U.S. Navy to compress speech so they could send it to the other side of the world in a compressed format so the other side of the world would get it first. And that was the first vocoder was used in World War Two as a communication tool. No so, way. And people sort of point the point the point <laughs> you're cheating with technology yeah. finger at me. I go, No, 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 no <laughs> before the Les Paul or the Stratocaster or the Marshall Lamp or anything. Yeah. That is wild. I didn't know that. That is great. Yep. Yeah, okay. By the way, the um I'm just realizing now that we're talking about this, Kraftwerk, we're going to come through Denver and play Red Rocks this summer. And now who knows uh-huh. if that's going to happen. And that would have been my first time yeah. seeing them. I, I, It's just now hitting me. Ugh. Uh, it's, well, hopefully they reschedule that. And you, you must yeah. go because it's just a total oral and visual experience. Exactly. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, yeah, it's just now hitting me. That may not happen. I am curious about one other kind of synth pop, synth pop band that I think of as being sort of in the same league, but I wonder if other people feel the same way, and that's OMD. Do you have... Are you an OMD oh, fan? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm a big OMD fan. In fact, in fact they're also on the show uh, later this year with Midge in Germany. Oh, so nice. To do it. Yeah. So, I've, um, no, I've, I, I remember we've, our paths have crossed a couple of times once, in Venice, in Italy, we were doing this crazy Italian TV show where um, it was sort of in front of a li- an outdoor gig in front of a live audience. We weren't really playing, we were just miming. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was filmed over like about two days, and OMD were there. And we finally got our chance to go on, and we were going, oh, at last we're on. Mm-hmm. We got on stage, and they put on the wrong record <laughs> to mime to. Oh, no. <laughs> crazy Italian. <laughs> so, so then we went out with OMD and had a bit of a, a, bit of a laugh after that. And also in... In 2000, 
um, they put on a thing called Synth Stock in Salt mm. Lake City. Yeah. And Paul Humphreys had his it wasn't OMG, it was Paul Humphreys OMG. Yeah. And he was also married married to Claudia Brooklyn at the time yeah. from Propaganda. Uh huh. And so um, I was hanging out with them there. No and, way. And Claudia's on the show too. In, 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 they're not married anymore, but Claudia's on they're the show not? in uh, Dortmund in September. So it's uh, OMG Real Life. Uh, Midjua and Claudia Brooklyn. Uh, oh, Claudia and uh, Susan. So it's no the, the two girls from propaganda. Yeah. So and they were on, they were on uh, uh, last year when I lost my guitar as well. They were oh, in, um, no way. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, boy, yeah. I get to hang around with good company. I am so, <laughs> I'm so jealous. But let me tell you a story. My, You just kind of kicked me in the nuts because about a week or two ago, I've been trying to get Claudia to come on here for years. And she finally uh -huh. replied to my email about two weeks ago. And she said, yes, let's do it. And uh, then I tried to Good. schedule a time. And she said, actually, why don't we wait and do this when I have something to promote, which a lot of people do. And it kind of bugs me, but whatever. Yeah. She said yes and replied. I didn't know yeah. that she and Paul weren't together anymore. And I re when I replied to her email, I said, no problem. Let's do it later when you've got something to promote. If Paul is open to talking, I'd love to talk to him. And she never wrote back. Uh, and it's pro I probably uh, ruined it. And I didn't know this. Oh, no. I, it, it, might, it might not. It, 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 I don't know whether it's um, affable or not. But, I mean, they're on the same. If, if this September show goes ahead, you know. Yeah. I think they'd be sort of, you know, talky. She probably just doesn't want to, you know, do that. But um, I think there's a bit of a falling out between the two girls from Propaganda and the two guys. I think... The guys aren't happy that the girls are out mm, without them. Although they probably invited the guys, and the guys are happily making a lot of money doing other music, mm -hmm. and the, the girls need to make a living, I think. So yeah. Yeah. they've got a, a different propaganda band. Yeah. It's, it's so, tricky. But they were good. They were really good. good. Yeah, last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's okay. it. Send me an angel, 80s synth essentials from 2009. It's a blast for anyone who hasn't heard it. Now, oh, I wanted to ask you, are there, can you buy a physical copy of this? Because I've only ever seen it streaming on Spotify. Well, I'm not, I'm, that I'm not, you, you used to be able to get it on okay. vinyl and CD. Oh, okay, um, okay. It's Cleopatra Records site. Yeah. It's Cleopatra uh, Records, who are a great, great company. Uh, whether they still have any in stock or... Um, or whether they're, they're just um, just using it doing yeah. digital versions now I haven't looked so okay. um, but yeah just easy curious. to find on Cleopatra yeah. okay yeah. I, yeah. I noticed um, I saw because last year on the the totally the, the totally 80s what was it uh, Lost 80s Lost sure, 80s that you that you came to see Dale Bozier has got a new album out with, as Missing Persons mm -hmm. it's on Cleopatra as well so Cleopatra are good at sort of reaching out good. to people and saying hey yeah we'll finance an album for you you know we'll, we'll do it so good. they're a really good record company. It's good to see Dale, who's a lovely lady. Yeah. Who's got an Emerson Persons album out. It sounds good. Good. So, yeah. I, uh, I reached out to whoever the PR people are to see if she would talk to me, but I never heard back from them. Um, well, she, at the moment, well, she's got a new album that she just might. I know. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Uh, I had a question for you. When we talked before, you had mentioned that for a while there, when music was kind of during its fallow period, you were really into photography. And I wondered if you yep. took or was involved in all in, at all in the cover of this album. Is that a picture you took or anything? No, no, no. I don't really like the cover. That oh, I really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> it's horrible. No, no, no. 
they actually they actually didn't even want to buy me, but I I just I was so grateful that they put the money into it and put it out. Thought, okay, yeah. no, 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 that's that's your art. Their art department can, okay. can cop that okay. one. <laughs> all right, just curious. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, David, you're the best. They, I mean, it is. It's oh, so thank the... you. It was so it was so good to catch up with you last you year. You know, it was you know it was brief in that bloody damned autograph yeah. mining thing but did you get it okay because i did put your name on the door i, I did sure you did get... yes you did yeah oh good it good, was good, me good. And my wife got to good. go and um we had great seats and uh, i got to say hello to you at the end and you're right the line was so yeah. long and uh i think you had to pay oh, and we were exhausted everybody in yeah. the line we were all exhausted you know? I so, bet. yeah and i think you had yeah. to pay to yeah. get through it and i just wanted to come and say hello to you and get out of there and so anyway, it, was it, was that, it was that fundraiser for the saint jude's church whatever it was, mm -hmm. was that you know you had to buy a poster or something you know yeah. whatever it was yeah, yeah. And we did many of those. I mean, the, the very last show was in Las Vegas, and we were still sitting there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, we were goodness. absolutely exhausted. I bet. So, yeah. Yeah. Bet. We're all a bunch of old men, you know. I do know. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, David. You're the best. Right, I really appreciate yeah, this. Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I do appreciate it, and I love your stuff, and I'm going to go get back on there and look at Rupert Hine. Thank and, you. Uh, Julian Mendelson and and uh, and and spend, now that I'm in quarantine, I'm going to spend some quality time mm. doing nothing. Yeah, good move. And uh, we had Holly Knight on a few weeks ago, and I we talked yes, a little I've bit got about uh, babies. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So okay. All right, there you have it, David Sterry. We love him. Now, two things to talk about here. Number one, if you're interested, go check out that covers album. Send me an angel. 80s synth essentials it's on spotify you can listen to it there you can buy it on itunes you can do whatever you want secondly sirens is a great album he discusses it in here again if you want a free copy of it all you got to do is email him and he'll send you the files real life music at outlook.com i hope i have that right uh anyway Come back next time. We, As I've said, we have a bunch more <laughs> bonus content in the hopper right now. Some bonus interviews, a couple more deep dives. We got it all. So we'll just see. We'll get out what we can. Thanks, everybody. We love you.